God of all, you are home to the exile, touch to the frozen, daylight to the prisoner, authority to the silent, anger to the helpless, laughter to the weary, direction to the joyful. Gather in your holy name. We come to you. We gather to you, O God. Here is the word of hope. Here is the spirit of love. Here is our mission before us. We gather to you, O God. We gather to you, O God. We gather ready for work. We gather in unity, in community. Come, holy God, and lead us to do your will. Come, holy God, and lead us to do your will. Let us pray. God of light, your searching spirit reveals and illuminates your presence in all creation. Shine into our lives that we may offer our hands and hearts to do your work, to heal and shelter, to feed and cloth, to break every yoke and restore which is broken. Lead us into faithful living so that your promises may unfold and harmony may be restored. Amen. The reading today comes from Isaiah chapter 58. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry for help, and he will say, Here I am. If you remove the yoke from among you, the pointing of the finger, the speaking of evil, if you offer your food to the hungry and satisfy the needs of the afflicted, then your light shall rise in the darkness, and your gloom be like the noonday. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your needs in parched places and make your bones strong, and you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters never fail. Your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. You should be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to live in. If you refrain from trampling the Sabbath, from pursuing your own interests on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the holy day of the Lord honorable, if you honor it, not going your own ways, serving your own interests, or pursuing your own affairs, then you shall take delight in the Lord, and I will make you ride upon the heights of the earth. I will feed you with the heritage of your ancestor Jacob, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Here ends the reading. Grace and peace to you from God and from the presence of the holy and the divine that we know by name. Some names are given to us that restrict and bind. Other names that are given to us open us up and propel us into the future. One of my best friends when I was growing up had a name like that. The name was Immature. Joanna, why are you so immature? When are you going to grow up? her mother would say. Sometimes that name was given over something trivial, like she hadn't folded the laundry quickly enough. Sometimes it was in something emotive, 
because her mom and she were in anger towards each other. But either way, that name, immature, restricted her growth. And as I watched her grow up, especially through those fun middle school years, it seems to me that mostly she rebelled in a way that it seemed like that name was a self-fulfilling prophecy. A few years back, Scott was playing tennis, and I was walking home. This was when the tennis courts were where the Swenson Building is today, and I was walking along Pioneer from the chapel. I didn't realize that he had seen me until I heard him say, There goes my girlfriend. (laughs) After 27 years of marriage, that name brought gladness to my heart. And you can imagine that when, when he walked in the door, I was really ready to give him a hug and a kiss. Yes, names can open us up and propel us into the future with hope. This past summer in worship one Sunday, I heard these words from Isaiah, the prophet, chapter 58, read. I'm sure I'd heard them before, but they came at me in a brand new way. I noticed the if-then language. If you remove the pointing of the finger, if you stop speaking evil, if you feed the hungry, then, then your light will rise, then the Lord will guide you, then you will be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters never fail. Oh no, I was in trouble. How was it going to be possible for me to let go of all those ifs to take up the tasks which Jesus called me to do? How could I do all these things? Stop accusing others. Well, I'm pretty good at that. Stop speaking evil. Well, I, I may not say the words, but I'm thinking them, and I don't think I'm very far ahead of the game. Offer your food to the hungry. There are so many mouths to fill. Yet my heart was stirred to hear the good news of hope that came with all the thens, all the life-giving, life-restoring thens. Then your ancient ruins will be rebuilt. Your bones will be strong. Generations will rise in hope. You will be named the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets. And I heard that name, repairs of the breach, restores of the street. Now that's a name that opens you up and propels you into the future. That name calls out your identity, doesn't it? Isaiah's words are remarkable when you consider the context. The Hebrew people are struggling to make a new life in Jerusalem in 500 BCE, For 50 years, they've been in exile, removed from their homeland, and now they are returning, and times are tough. Rebuilding the temple and the city is moving at a slow pace. There's division among people, and the political system is difficult. There's drought and food shortages. There's economic and social inequities, homelessness, hunger, lack of clothing and shelter, and all of it is threatening their precious stability. The prophet Isaiah speaks to the people 
about restoration and reconciliation and their future. But first, the Israelites are going to need to feed the hungry. They're going to need to treat their neighbors as they want to be treated. And the power of the prophet's word speaks volumes about how God sees neighborliness. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of the streets. A name like that can open you up to a new future. And then, after I heard those words in church, I started to receive blogs and emails from two CLU students. And one of them was Amanda Berg from the class of 2012. She's spending five months in Uganda. That's Amanda in traditional wedding dress on the left, and Chelsea is on the far right. The woman in the middle is Alexa Bolt. She will graduate from CLU this May. Alexa spent the summer in Kenya with an organization called Dare to Dream, completing a photo documentary on campus that she will finish on campus. But this semester, she's remaining in Kenya and studying at the School for International Training, where she's learning about human rights, public health, urbanization, and Kiswali. When Amanda finished up her fifth year at CLU, getting her teaching credential, she laid aside the desire to get a permanent teaching job. Probably the economy in California helped make that decision. But she decided to do something to give back. Who would have thought that her first teaching experience would be in Uganda? She works with an organization called A Perfect Injustice, ministering to current and former kids who live on the streets. A Perfect Injustice partners with nonprofit organizations to care for the basic physical, social, and spiritual needs of these street boys. They prioritize the resettling of these boys back with their families where it is possible, and they provide home and shelter for boys who do not have that option. Four days a week, Amanda travels to a town called Bombo, where she teaches school, and as Amanda would say, simply love on those boys. The rest of the week, she is in Kampala, and she's helping run programs in that urban center dealing with the street kids. You know, I think some of the young people are actually loving on Amanda, all the while she's caring for them. It may come when, she, when they are teaching her Luganda and she's struggling to learn her lessons. Or maybe it comes when she is playing soccer. The restoration, it's going both ways. Amanda feels a deep sense of gratitude that they have welcomed her into their community and they teach her about God's faithfulness. Little by little, Love by love, teaching plan by teaching plan, Amanda is restoring the breach left by economic injustice and hunger. Now, Alexa Bolt, did you get to the picture of the chicken? Ah, there we go. Okay, Alexa has been in the village of Mabitka, Kenya, for three months now, where she's been working with Dare to Dream. 
The heart of this organization is to combat the problem of children being orphaned in Kenya by building up the communities and especially the economic security of small communities. This empowerment helps families stay connected. Children don't have to leave their families in search of work and then often end up on the streets. Alexa has been doing the work of development too, of visiting children's and maternity wards, talking to the mothers, playing and teaching children in a grade school, and building barrel ponic system for a widow. And then she's documented it all through her work of photojournalism. The fishing villages around Mount Bitka are known for very poor sanitation, a high degree of poverty so that, that most children do not go to school, and the addition of uh, deep cycles of alcoholism and domestic violence in the home. One day, Alexa was a part of a conversation between a local fisherman and a dare-to-dream person. Like 70% of the families in this country, this man relied on fishing for his income. But there is a problem. Lake Victoria, which used to house Is that what you call it? Do you house fish? Well, you get the idea. Which used to provide shelter, I can say that, uh, for 500 species of different fish, now holds only three species because of chronic overfishing. What made matters worse is that fishing is illegal during the rainy season. And then how do you provide for your family? So here's the conversation that Amanda overheard. From the fisherman, how can I earn income when there are so few fish in the lake and I need to provide food for my children? Well, what if you were able to save 10 shillings, that's 8 cents, every week and start farming a small crop of beans? Some of the other farmers in your community grow corn and you could tap into that market of those people who want to buy both beans and corn. You could earn income from the farming and maybe even save some money. I don't have 10 shillings to set aside each week. I need that money to buy food. And if I have to buy food, how do I save up for seed and fertilizer? I just don't have that kind of resources. Well. How do you save and invest in creating an income through farming? What about this? Can you gather 10 men from your village, pool your resources together, and then come to us with a business plan, and we will provide business training for you? And if you invest together and you still need a boost to provide seed and fertilizer and the other things, we'll give you a microloan that you can pay back once you start having a profit. In this way, the other fishermen in the village will see an alternative to fishing and hopefully provide for your family and save some money. Well, this is a new idea. I think it will work. I will find 10 men. Let's talk again. Now, listening to that conversation, Alexa realizes that very quickly, in a matter of a conversation, the man's mindset was turned around to a very entrepreneurial type of thinking, full of hope. 
The work she is doing with Dare to Dream is transforming this small community of Kenyan people, and they have a hope of being self-sufficient and to provide seed money as well to accompany them and give them the resources of their bounty, of the resources that people give to Dare to Dream to pass them on to those who need them the most. When I read Amanda's and Alexa's emails and blog posts and learn about their lives, I'm filled with all kinds of hope and expectation. They're showing me what it means to be restorers of the breach. They're giving their time and their talent and their resources to build up the communities in which they are living for such a brief time. Just like the prophet Isaiah who calls his community to enter into the world's sorrows, to bring about God's creative restoration. Amanda, Alexa are doing that as well. And they're partnering with others in this work to free people from economic oppression and provide shelter and food and education, as well as kindness and compassion. Brian Jones, a professor at Wartburg College, a sister school to Cal Lutheran, has said that it is easy to fast It is easy to fast when you know your cupboards are full. The challenge is to empty your cupboards to meet the needs of others and then trust God to satisfy you in the parched places. I think there's deep wisdom here. Doing the work of restoration and engagement is not easy, especially when most of us live with full cupboards. So what about us? Can we hear these words from the prophet Isaiah to call out and name us? Instead of focusing on the ifs and the thens in his poetic words, can we look around our communities and ask ourselves, what needs to be repaired? What is broken? What needs to be rebuilt brick by brick, love by love? What is the purposeful work God is calling us to do? I hope that you sense God working in you and opening you up and propelling you into a future of mission and service. Amen.